Best win of the season? Best win of the season. And it's because the Celtics had a choice to make it halftime, and they made the right one. I'm going to talk about it right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network where it's your team every day and I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast dropped directly to your device if you're a subscriber. So make sure you are subscribed and you can do that wherever you get your podcasts. You can also do it on YouTube, of course. You can watch the show, ring the bell, get notified when there's a new show. I'm John Corrales, thanking you for making this your first listen every day. I used to play professional basketball. Now I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I've also written a book called The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. Pick that up at johncorrales.com. Celtics get a big win, an important win, their best win of the season, 116-110 over the Toronto Raptors. This is a story of two halves, and the, the choice that they made is the big story to me. That's going to be the first segment. Second and third segments, the the uh, key moments, the individual plays, Marcus Smart, just unbelievable. Obviously, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. How about the big Blake Griffin game? How about Luke Cornett? How about Sam Hauser's defense? All of that is coming up on this podcast. But I got to start with a quote from Jason Tatum after the game, which just stuck with me. Sometimes a guy says a thing and you're like, wow, he actually is like talking to us. He's not giving us the canned, well, we're going to watch film and we're going to be, you know, whatever. The same crap that they always say after every game. After the game, he's doing the walk-off interview with Abby Chin. And he says, when we put our minds to it, we can beat anybody. And it's just, it's a choice that we've got to make. We can make any excuse we had two guys out, four guys out, actually. Second night of a back-to-back, we could have just chalked this one up, but we wanted to figure it out. We got a bigger goal in mind. It's one game at a time, but these are the steps you got to take to get there. And that quote sums up this game, and it sums up where the Celtics are, and it's there's so much wrapped up. That's why I made this my feature story after the game on Boston Sports Journal because it takes – Everything that went into this win in that one little quote, the, the choice that you have to make, it's an acknowledgement that, Hey, we're in control here. We have the choice. And I think that's an important thing for Tatum to admit. And for the, the guys to, to admit that they know we have the choice. We can be anybody. We got to put our minds to it. That's how good this team is. In the first half of this game against Toronto, they were kind of the same team that we saw against Brooklyn, kind of the same team that we saw against the uh, Miami Heat in the second game. Too much ISO, too many turnovers, too much of 
the old kind of style of play, the style of play that we saw. Obviously, they made a run to the finals, but the things that cost them there were some of the same things that were costing them in the first half. To their credit, the, I know the officiating was a little tough in the first half. It, it, I will say, if you're a regular listener, you know me, I never want to talk about the officiating. But it definitely was uneven in the first half, I think. There were calls that were being made on one side that just weren't being called on the other side. And every every once in a while, there's a basketball game that, that'll happen like that. And as a player, it's the worst. Like, that is the absolute worst. If you're going to call it tight, call it tight on both sides. At least I know that, okay, now breathing on a guy is going to be a foul. I have to adjust as a player. Or can I, like, break out my two-by-four and crack the guy over the head? You're not going to call a foul? Great. It's a physical game. Let's, let's beat the crap out of each other. Whichever way you choose, Mr. Official, that's fine. But don't go on one side of the floor and go, touch fouls, calling all the touch fouls, and then on the other side of the floor go, I didn't see nothing. What? What? What do you mean foul? Can't do that. So I can understand why the Celtics were frustrated. But they did a good job of hanging around. They they were down 10, but they didn't let it get out of control. They chipped away at the lead. They went into the half down six. So there was a little bit of momentum there. Tatum says, we could have chalked this one up, but we wanted to figure it out. They could have. They could have gone into the half and said, you know what? I'm tired. It's a back-to-back. No Brogdon, no Al. Uh, I don't want to. They could have. And I think a lot of people would have just accepted it as back-to-back, a bunch of guys out. They just they don't have the the legs or whatever. Congratulations, Toronto. Uh, you know, the Raptors were favored. This is the first game this season that the Celtics weren't favored. Toronto was favored by one or one and a half, depending on where you looked. And I think I think everybody just kind of felt that that that's where the Celtics were gonna go. But the Celtics said, you know what? No, no, we're not going to, we're not going to be that team on this day. So they made the choice. And I think that this is uh, the Celtics kind of getting away from the old influences of Tristan Thompson calling the regular season horse crap and Kyrie Irving basically saying the regular season doesn't matter, which, you know, they had LeBron on their teams, right? They had LeBron. But the regular season doesn't matter to LeBron. LeBron, no rules apply to LeBron James. So they uh, they they had a bad influence on the Celtics. This this Celtics team got is now past that, and they understand. Hey, you know what? As Tatum said, we've got a bigger goal in mind. These are the steps you got to take to get there. I believe Jason Tatum when he says he doesn't want to feel like he felt after the finals again. I believe him. I saw his face after game six. I saw it and I'm like, dude, this dude is in pain. I, I know from being around these guys, their general attitudes. I have a a general feeling about kind of when they're serious and when they're not. And when they're just kind of like going along with things. And I I knew Tatum was in real pain when he was uh, trying to process that finals loss. So I believe when he says, I don't want to feel that way again. And I think this is a game where that kind of comes up and Tatum and the rest of the team say, you know what? We don't want to feel that way again. And how do you not feel that way again? You come out in a game like this against Toronto. 
maybe it's different if it's against like OKC and it didn't matter. Maybe it's different if it's against a West Coast team that you probably don't feel like you're going to face again. I think maybe because it's Toronto and the Raptors, we were using this as a measuring stick game. Maybe it's because Toronto is going to be potentially a first or second round opponent. Maybe because Toronto has been an annoyance. They are, they're good. They're talented. They're hurt. They're trying to figure themselves out. But Toronto always gives the Celtics problems. They're an annoying team to play because they always work hard. They do weird things on defense. They've got a bunch of big, long, rangy, switchy guys. They're tough. And I think the Celtics said, you know what? Not today. Not today. We're not doing this today. We're figuring this out. They came out after halftime and laid the hammer down. They outscored them 35-18 to 18 in the third quarter. There was a 10-0 run starting with a Marcus Smart crazy three-pointer uh, at the 406 mark. By the way, that shot, the ball's on him to take that shot. Jeez. But they came out in that third quarter, 35-18, to 18, and said, we are making our choice. We're going back to the ball movement. We're going back to moving the ball. We're back to getting off the ball when we see two guys in front of us. Two turnovers in the second half. The Celtics had two turnovers in the second half. After all of the turnovers that we had seen, they got their act together. They figured it out. They made their choice. That makes this their best win of the season because they've had other great wins. They've had other big wins, but the choice they made at halftime against this team, sending a message to the Raptors, sending a message to themselves, we're capable of pulling out of this because we have the choice and they did it. So I, I think it's the best win of the season. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm impressed by the mental, the, the mentality to make that turnaround. And there are a ton of individual performances. I'll get to some of the bigger ones in just a minute. First today's show is brought to you by prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy fun and easy. There's a very simple way to play prize picks and it's not against other players, which is a super important thing when it comes to prize picks. Other daily fantasy, you play against other players and you don't know who you're going up against and what capabilities they have. Prize picks, you pick two to six players and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. So it's just the projections, it's just the over-unders, and when I, I don't even have the time to list all of the sports. Just know that it's basically all of the sports. All the major pro sports, PGA, college sports, all the college sports, WNBA, eSports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, they, disc golf, cricket. I mean, come on. It's all there, and entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Super easy and safe and fast withdrawals if you win your money. You want your money, and you can get it there. It's currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. So download the PrizePix app. Go to prizepix.com and sign up to play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. If you deposit 100, PrizePix will give you 100. If you deposit 50, 
Price Picks will give you 50. Don't forget to enter that promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. After you're done with this show, listen all the way through to the end and then go to Locked On Sports today. Locked On Sports today will get you everything you need to know in the world of sports. You're all caught up in about 20 minutes or so, and you've got the insight that only the Locked On local experts can provide. So find it wherever you found this podcast. You can also find it on YouTube. Back to Toronto, where the third quarter was obviously the big turnaround. Jason Tatum comes out and has a uh, a monster 17-point third quarter. Uh, Marcus Smart has a great third quarter. Jalen Brown has a great fourth quarter. And those guys basically combine. So if you're looking at a big three performance-wise, I'm looking at those three guys. Tatum overall finishes with 31 points. 12 rebounds, three assists. He had four turnovers, but only one after halftime. So he shot 11 of 24, but five of 10 from three, which is great. He's been struggling a little bit from three, so you want to see that again. Jalen Brown, 22 points, but eight rebounds, eight assists. He didn't shoot well, but he did other things, and he defended really, really well. I thought he did did a really great job. Marcus Smart, 18 points on seven of 14 shooting. Four of eight from three, seven assists to lead the Celtics, uh, three rebounds, two steals, just two turnovers there for Marcus Smart. The, the Marcus Smart's numbers, I mean, he's he's now above league average shooting this season. So the Celtics are getting these great performances from, from like a lot of guys are are going over and above. And Smart has now entered an interesting place. And I think maybe we want to have this discussion tomorrow. I'll save, I'll save this discussion for tomorrow, but I'll throw the question out there and you can kind of have fun with it in the comments. And maybe I'll put a poll out there uh, after I post the show. Can Marcus Smart be an all-star this season? Can the Celtics, it's, it's an outside chance. It's an out, really outside shot. But can Marcus Smart be an all-star this season? I'm going to have Tom Westerholm on the show tomorrow, so I'll I'll kind of save that discussion. Uh, maybe we can ban you know go back and forth on it. But I, I think there's an outside chance. I have some numbers. I'll, again, I'll save it for tomorrow. But Smart Smart was great in this. Uh, he had that signature moment. It's too bad that it only led to one out of two free throws for Jason Tatum. But a steal of Fred Van Vliet, uh, diving on the floor, sitting up, looking around, and then turning around over his shoulder like he's, uh, you know, a strongman throwing the, the the keg over his shoulder. You ever see those strongman competitions? That pass over the back of his shoulder over to Tatum, uh, that was that was amazing. Uh, I thought Smart uh, did, you know, once again, you can see how much they missed him against Brooklyn because – he he keeps he keeps this offense humming. You can see you can see them. They never really got too far away from everything that they were trying to do. Tatum uh, in the first half, I thought was too too insistent. It was the same stuff that we've seen from from last season. Too insistent on I'm attacking and I'm going to score. 
It's the same thing I've said. I've said this now in two podcasts in a row. And now this is podcast number three in a row. And thankfully, that second half turned it around. But what we saw in the second half was, yeah, you can attack and then kick. And then that starts the ball around. You start to see the, the ball movement happening when he draws two and gets off the ball rather than, oh, okay, I'm going to draw two, draw three, and I'm still going to try to finish through that contact. You're just not going to get those calls as often, uh, especially the way he's he, he kind of reverted back to the attacking kind of through the side and not to the front of the rim. So the second half was a little bit better because he got to he got to moving the ball. And Jalen Brown had some really nice like, mid-range shots. The and one that he had at the end was was just beautifully done. The attacking there from those guys was was spectacular. Uh the first half and the second half was the difference was so stark that I was I was waiting for that them to not make the choice that they made. Uh, but they said we were playing too slow. Tatum said after the game, we're playing too slow. We worried about the officiating too much. So we wanted to change that. And getting the the officiating, like I said before, getting into your head about you know the officiating and having that be the the driver for your attitude and for how you're going to play, it's a losing bet. And it's hard, like I said, because I think they actually had in this one some legitimate, some really legitimate gripes because of the way it was being called on the other end. But the the way that they were able to catch themselves, I thought was was really uh, impressive. I'm just impressed. I'm I. I'm impressed by this win. I really am just, um, I feel like this is a, 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 I don't want to say turning a corner, but when you're building these habits and this is the type of win where you kind of have to overcome yourself, that's important, man. You, you gotta, you gotta be able to, when you can look in the mirror and you say, okay, we're playing, we're playing like, like crap right now. When you can overcome that with yourself, against the team that's really trying to beat you, um, that, that, that a win would have really, really meant something. I'm impressed by that. There are three other performances that I've saved for the last segment, Blake Griffin, Luke Cornette, and Sam Hauser. Those three coming up. Thanks for making locked on Celtics. Your first listen every day. Make sure you're making locked on NBA. Your second listen. Uh, I host on Wednesdays, so tomorrow's show will be me and Jake Madison of Lockdown Pelicans. I love it when people say, hey, came, came right over from Lockdown Celtics. That's that's fun for me. Uh, you want to hear me talk about the league as a whole? You want to get caught up on the league as a whole? It's rotating hosts Monday through Friday. I'm on the Wednesday show, so make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown NBA. It's fun. Also on YouTube, by the way. Three more performances uh, I'll I'll save Blake Griffin for last. How's that? Sam Hauser. I gotta I gotta shout out Sam Hauser. Not because he played great. He actually didn't score. He had uh, didn't score well. He had five points on two of five shooting, one of four from three. All right, you know whatever. Uh, a few rebounds. He had, there was a stretch there where he was really rebounding well. Uh, he had an assist. It's always great when a shooter gets you an assist. But there, there was a stretch where he also, I think, was the 
the equivalent of that matchup hunting that I've been railing against the past two podcasts where he was that for the Raptors and Pascal Siakam. And I wrote in my preview on Boston Sports Journal before the game that there there was a, a chance that they could lull Siakam into that kind of play. And I think it was the end of the third quarter where he really went after Hauser over and over and over again. And Hauser stood his ground. He had one play where he, he basically, he alone was guarding Siakam one-on-one and he, Hauser, was responsible for the miss. He had, um, then, then Siakam scored on him. Okay, fine. And then he had another one where Siakam gave the ball up and that, that ended up being an empty possession for, for Toronto. So this is, this is a, a situation where you, you, you have a weak defender on the floor and you're switching and you're almost like I was saying with the other teams, I get Brooklyn and Miami, you're kind of throwing the bait out there saying, Hey, Hey, Pascal, look at that. Sam Hauser. Don't you want to attack that matchup? Come on, buddy. You know, you want to attack that matchup. And he goes, yeah, I kind of, kind of do want to attack that matchup. I know I've got teammates out here, but I don't care. This is, this is a tasty matchup. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? We agree. Go for it. (laughs) That's the Celtics. Just let him have, and, and, that's a key stretch where you can't the the power of the Raptors is not just that Siakam is having a a high level season and a potential all NBA season. You know, he had 29 points, eight rebounds, seven assists. He was, you know, he, he did put up the numbers, but the power of the Raptors is getting the rest of those guys going, getting Ananobi going, getting Scotty Barnes going, getting Fred Van Vliet going. You know what? Van Vliet was, he's in a horrible slump and he was terrible in this game. Scotty Barnes put up 21 points, but one of six from three and an OB 13 points. You got to get more from him, although he had a stretch where he was really, really good, but you know, you, you still are hoping for, for more production out of him. If you can get them out of rhythm like that, they have a tough, they have a tough time scoring in the half, half court, uh, and if you can get out and run off of their misses, you're really going to put a lot of pressure on the Raptors. And, and credit to Sam Hauser for, for, for having that stretch of really good defense. That's what's going to get him back on the floor, and it's going to give him the confidence that he can get out there and play. He, I will say Hauser's been doing a lot of other things besides shooting to, to make an impact. The, the, the defense against Brooklyn, some of the drives, he had a nice reverse layup. I like kind of how he's progressing. Luke Cornett, got to shout out Luke Cornett, who had 11 points, seven rebounds, three offensive rebounds, five of seven shooting, uh, and really the the one th- he took a three, which he doesn't do anymore. He used to he used to take a lot of threes. Now he doesn't shoot them at all anymore. That was a late shot clock thing. So really, I'll say five of six in reality, and getting to the right spot. He had a little stretch there where. It was, uh, you know, he had a lob from this. This was earlier, but he had a lob from Jalen Brown, which was really, really nice. And I'm really curious to see how I, I think you can look at Cornette's minutes and say, 
all right, this is sort of how they're going to use Robert Williams because Cornette, as much as we have said, yeah, he can step out and take a three. He, he does not shoot threes for the Celtics. He is not a stretch five for the Celtics. He might argue, yeah, I can get out there. I can be a stretch five if you want me to. And he'll take threes and warmups and in his pregame and at practice and all of that. But he's not stepping out and taking threes in these games. So how they're using him is kind of how they're going to use Robert Williams. So you can get a sense of some of the play calls and some of the ways that Rob is going to get uh, some of the looks that Rob is going to get. Cornette was great at great at being solid. Is that does that make sense? Solid to a level of wow, you're really getting to the right spots. You're getting you're getting to where you need to be. You're catching the ball. You're finishing. And did he do anything particularly special? No, he caught some lobs. He he rolled hard and caught it and and laid it in. But that type of play is what you need from a guy like him. Now imagine Robert Williams doing it. So Luke Cornett, a nice, a really nice stretch there for him. And then, of course, I'm saving the best for last. Blake Griffin, who also had a great quote because he had a dunk in this game, a dunk and one. And he said after the game, I figured if I dunk once a game, people will stop acting like it's a miracle, <laughs> which is kind of funny because people have made Blake Griffin dunks now kind of miraculous and aside and it's, it's his own fault by the way it is his own fault to a degree because he didn't dunk in Detroit like did he dunk once in Detroit uh he obviously was hurt and obviously he was not happy there but once he got out of Detroit when he got to to Brooklyn he was dunking all over the place not okay not all over the place but dunking plenty and so yeah he gets into the game he throws down a dunk he had a couple the other night he, he'll go like two three games without playing in, in a game then he starts for Al Horford in a back-to-back and he plays really well Blake Griffin was a monster on the boards he had eight rebounds five defensive rebounds three offensive rebounds I think he had two of them in one possession to keep keep a possession alive a couple of assists, 13 points, five of six shooting, uh, three of five at the line. He, he played really well, and but he he did a great job clearing defensive rebounds when he was in the game, and he played 32 minutes, which is great. Like he, he to go from zero 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 32, then back to zero zero zero. It's it's kind of nuts to see that he's capable of doing this, but Toronto. They're, one of their big strengths is second chance points. The Celtics get killed by offensive rebounds, and I'm I'm looking over here to see second chance points. Um, Celtics sixteen, Raptors seventeen. So the Celtics didn't get killed at all. Blake Griffin was huge in keeping Toronto off the glass. And that alone makes him valuable. But he took a charge. Uh, he's, you know, playing within the, you know, within himself. He knows he's smart enough. He's been around long enough. He knows he doesn't have to do too much. All he has to do is catch, hit some really strong finishes, 
where he was falling down and he still got the ball up over the rim. Nice soft touch to, to, to have those shots fall. A nice performance. I thought Blake Griffin was incredibly huge in this game. He did a great job. I don't think anybody played poorly in this game. Grant Williams was fine. Uh, Derek White was fine. They only played eight guys. So no, no Peyton Pritchard, which I, okay, I'll end on this. A lot of people said, why didn't Peyton Pritchard play? The Celtics were switching a lot on defense. And yes, Fred Van Vliet was in the game. And you say, okay, great. When Van Vliet's in, you play Pritchard. And there you go. Short guy, short guy. And you're fine. Except Toronto switches a ton on defense. And the Celtics were switching a ton on defense. So if Pascal Siakam is coming down the floor, then all of a sudden you just turn Fred Van Vliet into a screener. And you say, fine, we'll, we'll get we'll get Pritchard on all of our big long shooters and just shoot over the top of them. You didn't want to, you didn't want anybody to get comfortable shooting over the top of Peyton Pritchard. And then on the other side, where the Celtics are switching a bunch on defense, you don't, I mean, or 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 um, I'm sorry, the the Raptors are switching a bunch on defense. You just you don't want to get into that mismatch hunting type of thing. So I can kind of see where Pritchard wouldn't play in this game. So even though Brogdon was out, they they just went a different direction. And hey, it worked out. The Celtics did a great job. Their second half was was huge. And I I I'll repeat it. I'll end on that. Best win of the season. Most impressive win of the season right now for me. It's a for a lot of different reasons. So they're off to Phoenix tomorrow. We'll get into some of that Marcus Smart discussion because I think it's an interesting question. Again, leave your thoughts in the comment section on YouTube if you'd like, or hit me on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. Uh, that's a fine place to uh, to talk to me too. So, uh, but most importantly, I'd hope that you are a subscriber. If you're not a subscriber, go ahead, hit that button wherever you subscribe, whatever app you use, Spotify, Apple, something else. Subscribe, and once this show gets dropped to your device, you can listen and you can watch the show on YouTube. I, I, I know I put the call out and I said, "Hey, we gotta we gotta get past locked on Lakers," and we did for a while. But then the Lakers went off and won a few games, and Anthony Davis is on fire, and they we've given up the lead. They have the lead again. So if you're still here and you haven't subscribed to the YouTube page. Do it because the Lockdown Lakers has retaken the lead and we can't have that. So subscribe there if you are a subscriber. Share the podcast. Tell your friends, tell family, tell everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.